0: the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by A.J. Haefeli. We will get into the uh, the fan vote about the Avs and their front office rankings in just a little bit. But first, quite a bit of news to round up, I guess, uh, as related in in some ways. We'll start off with today's... I don't know if I would call it an announcement, but the Avs showed off their official 25th anniversary patch, or at least what's expected to be their 25th anniversary patch. And it's awful in every imaginable way. I don't like this to me looks like, all right, if you were taking like a graphic design class and you procrastinated something and it was due in the morning and you fell asleep (laughs) And then you woke up with 20 minutes until class, and you like threw this together just just have something to turn in. This is uh, what I imagine you would come up with.
1: <laughs> yeah, the leftover of the leftovers from the Avs logo make it look kind of lazy. Yep. Um, this is the exact opposite of the 10th anniversary logo. The X,
0: which which was amazing. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Um. If this is actually the patch, I'm so disappointed.
0: Yeah, it's not. I maybe it's not. Like maybe this is just their like announcement graphic or something, which it's still yeah. bad, but it's yeah,
1: this isn't this isn't great. So. But after after a day in which everybody eviscerated our jersey takes, maybe we shouldn't talk about design anymore. <laughs> True.
0: You all were not happy with our yeah. jersey takes in the YouTube comments. I
1: read through some of the comments and I loved the like you guys didn't understand what was going on and I don't know how many times we said.
0: Yeah, I felt like no, we understand. It's just still a bad jersey.
1: Right, like <laughs> we get it, but it's bad.
0: <laughs> and then there were the split takes. A lot of people saying the Minnesota jersey was good, which I just don't understand. It- people saying the Ducks jersey is good, fine, whatever, but
1: I mean the, the ducks. The, it was funny when you put out the the chart on Twitter because we had to create a new category for it because I wanted to give it an S and you guys wanted to put it at the bottom. Yep. And so we created its own category and people were like, "Why are you guys hating on it?" And I was like, "Look, yep. I liked it."
0: I even qualified it in the the tweet of the the audio <laughs> podcast. I was like, "Look, we put it in its own category because we didn't know how to fit it in." <laughs> yeah. But. You win some, you lose some, I guess. Losing it was, the graphics.
1: Um, you could really tell who didn't listen to the show. Yeah, right. Yesterday, because people were people were commenting on things like, Oh, you guys just skipped Chicago, and it was like,
0: did we? We definitely did not. <laughs> yeah, we got to that
1: one pretty early. We yeah.
0: just
1: made a we made a separate decision.
0: Ten minutes into the show, you have. Uh, You'd have found that one out. But anyway, move on to some some actual on-ice Avs news. Uh, let's start with Adam Werner, who the Avs had loaned over to Sweden. He was playing with Vita Hosten. I'm sure I said that wrong. Uh, in the Swedish second-tier league, the Allsvenskan. He played a handful of games. Honestly, his numbers weren't even very good. But as of this week or the end of last week, I suppose. Uh, The Avs officially ended his loan agreement. Uh, He's now sitting at home resting. He did a big interview on it. I forget who has it, but go check that out. I'm sure if you just Google Adam Werner interview, you can find it where he basically talked about uh, his main goals in Sweden were just to play a handful of games. He wasn't expected to be the starter down there or anything and to mostly work on his strength and conditioning. So we'll see. i it's interesting that they've ended the loan agreement, just because it's still not clear when NHL training camps will will start. Yeah. Obviously, the expectation or they hope is like mid December, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I think this this it lines up the the timeline of it is pretty good if we're still planning on a mid December training camp in Denver. Yeah. Um, because they can, you know, he, he gets to chill for a couple of weeks and then he's got to start figuring out how to get into the United States and get get back to Denver and get there early and get acclimated and blah, 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 because there's, you know, the COVID restrictions are coming. Um, I don't know what they're going to look like. I don't know what they're going to look like for air travel, but they're they're going to get more restrictive in a lot of ways uh, in a lot of places and I'm I'm curious how that has an impact on getting ready for the next season.
0: Yeah, I I mean we saw with the NHL playoffs like a lot of the time athletes can get exceptions to a lot of these things. Yeah, but it doesn't make the logistics of it any easier. They still have to figure out so many things.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm keeping an eye on it because I don't know.
0: Yeah. Are you going to be able to come back to the States? Who
1: knows? Yeah. Because if they, if they told me that I can't come back, I am I guess I'm just here for a while.
0: Well, there are worse things than that, I imagine. Yeah. Um,
1: I'd be okay with that.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. The, a lot of the Denver area just moved to red level then there's a purple level now whatever i'm not gonna get into yeah, that
1: old but... old red is now purple <laughs> yeah and now the new one is like the new red is like even redder and... yeah
0: it's weird but anyway okay, things are becoming more strict for sure so it's and it's a tough balancing act for an nhL team right because they're like they want to get their players back over but you also don't want to bring someone like Werner over now. And then all of a sudden training camps don't start till late January. Cause then he's just sitting in North America for two months doing nothing.
1: Well, and he has to come in on a work visa and if he's coming in on a work visa and he's not working
0: problems. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You're going to have an issue. So
0: definitely a tough balancing act. I think the hope is the NHL should announce something this week or next.
1: Yeah. They said that they were going to, they were really hoping to do it by Thursday, but it could be Monday. So, and it's like, okay.
0: <laughs> and and the last right. time we did this song and dance about the playoffs, it ended up being weeks on weeks on weeks of just yeah. waiting around. So yeah. uh we'll have to see how exactly that pans out with, with all of these guys. And cause I'm like, with the <laughs> abs alone, it's going to affect Werner. It's going to affect Kaut. It's going to affect Rantanen. Uh Is Landy back in Sweden right now? I don't know.
1: I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's up to.
0: So it, certainly, I'm Burakovsky might be back in Europe too. I'm not sure, but the abs have a handful of guys that will have to go through this process of getting back into the states. Yeah. Um, and that. That's the abs are one of the playoff teams for the, the eight teams that did not make the playoffs. Their camp is supposed to start like a week or two earlier than everyone else's based on what everything that they've said. So
1: that's, I mean, we're talking two weeks from now.
0: Yeah. Like that's ASAP.
1: Yeah. Those guys would have to start getting like making like real plans to get over here. So,
0: gonna be very very tight for some of those european guys but
1: we gotta we gotta follow these guys more closely on their social media so that we can know every move of their off season right
0: it's i'm I, i'm just not an instagram user unfortunately that's where I, all the, the deets come from
1: i hop on i I watch people's stories at night when i'm going to bed and i just flip through them real quick and i'm like
0: Ew. cool pictures next yes
1: and then- <laughs> No, that's, that's the extent
0: of it. That is the way it goes. One of the Avs players generating quite a bit of hype in social media spheres is Alex Bocage.
1: Well, one of the only ones actually getting to play actual hockey.
0: Yep. Funny how that works, huh? Yeah. Right. Uh, Bocage having a four goal game where he scored four goals in about 10 minutes of ice time, 10 minutes of yeah. game time to create a comeback by himself to win a game five to four in overtime for, for Roan Naranda in the QMJHL. Um it's weird to me because he did the thing that he he does best and people who follow the prospects heavily pretty much know he has an NHL caliber shot. Yeah. And that's just what he did. He rolled up and, and fired four goals into the net, basically. But yeah, still
1: I mean I mean, so he had essentially back to back forty goal seasons the last yep. two years in the queue. Uh he's got thirteen goals in ten games, uh, even before even before the four goal game. He was he's a off goal to per obviously game player, yeah. <laughs> a very good start. But this the 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 reason why i would say that the prospect people haven't gone all bananas over this yet it's the same yep this is this is kind of just what Bocage does um we've known essentially since he was drafted that his shot was too good for that league yep um that if there was that that aspect of his game has been pro ready for 2 years you know i think his skating has gotten better it's still not good Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's still going to be a big question mark. How does this translate to the pros? How does how does his shot translate to the pros when he doesn't have all the time and space in the world to do whatever he wants with it? You know, what is it? What does it look like when defenses are a lot tighter on him? Why? Why a lot of us, the prospect people, have not gotten overly excited about this is because this is just more of the same from him right this is this is what we've expected this is what we've seen for a couple of years this is just this is zoo the kid is he's a great shooter and we've always acknowledged that it's why we're high on him it's why we have him on prospect lists and talk him talk about him as a potential nhl player um he doesn't have his elc yet but it's he's getting one I don't think that yeah. that's been in any doubt whatsoever. Yeah, 100%. I know that there's 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 the the there's that small part of the fan base that gets really frustrated with how the Avs give out their ELCs. Um, but yeah, uh, they 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 get them signed, so I don't. It's not really a big deal
0: unless you're an overager that they drafted at 19. You get an ELC
1: basically. <laughs> well, and like. When you get the ELC, like there how many how many decisions on ELCs have they been really wrong about? Right. It was like Patrick Wan versus Will Butcher back in the day. Yep. Is like the last like big ELC where you could say the app's really screwed that one up.
0: They miss but a lot otherwise, more of the guys they sign than the ones they don't <laughs> put it that will, way. Right. Like
1: like they give ELCs to guys like Travis Barron, you know, who yep. deserved yep. one. Yep, sure. You know, he had his last OHL season, he absolutely deserved one. See what he has. And then he gets into pro hockey, and then nothing really happens. And you're like, okay, well, now you know. Yeah. That's why you give him the LC, you find out.
0: If it's not but there, it's with, not there. Yeah.
1: Right. With Bocage, you're hoping, you know, Nick Henry had a nice shot too, and skating question marks. Yep. So, you know, and they were, in terms of draft position, they were only picked about 20 picks apart. So where, you know, uh, I I would say for all of the hype that, that that people have started to give Bokaj because he had the great weekend, like this is still like like it's good to be excited. I'm not telling people not to be. Um, he's he's worthy of the hype. He's worthy of the excitement. But
0: you have to be realistic until he gets though, right?
1: into the AHL. Yeah, until right. he gets into the AHL, and we start to see how his game is going to translate to a tougher uh to a tougher league where it's just better defensively than the Q is. We're not going to really know you know how how bright the star can shine.
0: Realistically, a weekend like this one for Bocage is why you should be excited about maybe putting him in your top 10 prospects. Not yeah, talking definitely. about him as like a top 5 guy.
1: In Colorado system, yeah. I yeah. think if you look at Colorado's system five years ago, Bokaj well, was absolutely yeah, like it'd
0: be like second or third or something. Yeah. Right?
1: You'd be talking about him as like, oh, this guy could be a major steal. This guy's gonna be a stud, like you know. But you know, the system is just in a place right now where it's it's just flush with talent. Yep. And lots of reason to be excited about Bokaj. Um certainly not telling people not to be, but He's the, the, this is his, this is his D plus two. He should be doing this. Yep. This is like, if he, if he doesn't have a 50 goal season. I'll be a little disappointed, barring injury, of course. Yeah, naturally.
0: Um, We do need to take our first period break there and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Oh, I have a hot peek here, but you're not going to be able to see it. You can see the name, at least, kind of, through my green green screen. Yeah, the green can on you. Eight different types on tap down at the DNVR bar, or you can use the Breck beer locator online to find it near you. And... For this week as well, we're also running that contest here at DNVR. I know at least a couple of people have signed up with the Avs code for an annual subscription to us, but we need more. We need to try and get on top for this one. AJ, you've been here longer than me. I don't think the Avs have ever won one of these competitions at DNVR, have they?
1: Uh, There was one time we were tied at the very, very end with the Broncos, and they bribed some Broncos, dude, to to push them over the top to win it, so that was as close as we've ever gotten but it's which is disappointing because uh the avs fan base you know hockey fans pride themselves on being the most passionate fans the problem is, is that it's just not the avs fan base just is not the same size as the broncos the broncos is a
0: juggernaut. massive yep
1: it's a juggernaut man it's hard to it's just hard to compete with that and i'd love to see avs fans step up that game a little bit and and come harder at the broncos than we're seeing
0: So we need your help to try and take down the Goliath here, sign up for an annual subscription at a DNVR and use code AVS to help us out. And when you do that, you'll get a free shirt mask and sticker pack. So that's worth it alone right there to sign up for the annual subscription, not to mention all of our awesome coverage as well, but
1: I'm super sick of hearing it from the Broncos guys over the years.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's all I'm saying is, is, Help us out, help us take down the Broncos a little bit as we jump into the Mm -hmm. second period of this DNVR Avalanche podcast. Now, I think you bring up a good point with Bocage in that these guys in their D-plus-2, Bokaj, Mutala, not exactly a D-plus-2, but but someone like a, a Ranta to a certain extent, although he does need to have a good year. Yeah. You're in this situation where they've probably already earned an ELC, but they're not ready or they can't, in the case of CHL players at age 19, jump into the AHL yet. Definitely. And it's hard to gauge those players and and where they're at because you'll see them put up these gaudy numbers in a league that they're just better than.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, and and it's it's interesting um, because you mentioned a guy like Ranta. Yep. You know, one of the one of the upsides of drafting college players, is you get four years to see what these guys look like. Yep. Um, because if if you had to give Ranta an ELC, if you had to make the decision after the sophomore year, you give him an ELC or he goes to free agency. If they'd done that, he would have gotten an ELC. Yeah absolutely he absolutely proved enough from improved enough from year 1 to year 2 to be worthy of the ELC but because he's in college they get to they get to see that third year and it's not only that they get to see it like i can i can tell you right now sample rant is getting an ELC again barring a major 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 collapse colorado absolutely has him in their plans i know this like he's he's on that list of guys but they get a free year of development. They don't have to, you know, he's still not so much better than guys in college hockey Yep. that, that year there, that his junior year there won't benefit him. It'll benefit him a ton. He still needs to have a good year. He still needs to jump forward. Even if he has an identical year, he's still worthy of an ELC. You're just a little less excited. Yeah. But The 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 thing with the college guys is is that you have the time. You know, we're seeing Nick Lieberman is off to a nice start for Notre Dame.
0: Yep. You know, where you're
1: starting, you're starting to have the conversation where you're like, okay, he's a junior, and he's a little bit older of a junior because he in his draft year year
0: in the BCHL. Yep.
1: Yeah, he went to the BCHL from uh, Minnesota high school, and so you're saying, you know, maybe after this this. That was a guy that we said he's going to go four years. Well, given Colorado's dearth of quality defensive prospects, you know, maybe after if Nick Lieberman continues to have a good year, maybe he pushes himself into that conversation where you say, We're considering this. We'll give this guy an ELC after this year. Maybe, maybe after his senior year, if, you know, he doesn't want to go to free agency. Yeah. But, That's that's kind of the advantage of the college guys is that you can sign them whenever and do whatever you want, whatever timeline. You know, with New Hook, we've said, Hey, Newhook would probably be signed in a lot of other organizations. They would have signed him after one year and they'd be getting him, they'd be putting him putting him into competition for the NHL team. Colorado just didn't doesn't need him, to be honest. So they can put him they can leave him in college for a second season to go develop for another year. Even if it's not an incredibly impactful year, if he just repeats his freshman year, you're you're thrilled.
0: Yeah, it, well, I mean, Newhook in particular also gets the benefit of of getting to go to World Juniors this year. So
1: kind of a kind of a benefit. I mean, because normally normally World Juniors is great because you're gone for a month. Yeah, you know, you could you leave, you go to camp, you go to WJCs, you go back. The whole thing takes a month. Now it's like he's going to play one college game. (laughs) He's going to leave. He's going to leave and he'll be back sometime in January. (laughs) I I will be back in Denver before that guy gets back to BC.
0: That's it is true, but we've talked about it before. It's (laughs) the one stage where you get to play against the best of the best of your peers. And two more directly related to the abs is the abs have pretty aggressively pushed for prospects with the opportunity to go to go for them oh yeah so it's
1: it's worth it um I mean it's it's a worthy exercise it's just this year for new hook it's for the basically the only time ever it's a double-edged sword where yeah that's he's, fair. Mi- he's missing out on a month worth of college games to go and
0: practice with the Canadian team in a season a where where there might team... only beat like two or three months of college games total <laughs> so right
1: If the the Canadian team wasn't so loaded, and uh, I would say this, that that it may, it may honestly not have been worth it, but because he's going to be practicing with the best of the best against them every single day, iron sharpens iron, you know, Uh, I think it's a great environment for him to be
0: in. I, I fully agree, uh, which kind of leads all of this talk about, about prospects and development leads us into our next topic here, where. Uh, Was it Friday or over the weekend? Dom, I'm I'm going with decision. It's probably wrong. But over there for for the athletic created the uh, public voting for the most confidence in, I guess, NHL front offices. And the Avs came in first place with a pretty high rank across the board.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is it's did I I like the split between public opinion and fan base? Yep, because teams' fans know their team better on an intimate level, yeah, but sometimes they can get a little lost in some of the minutiae, some of the details, and they can overrate or underrate certain aspects of an organization. Yep, that the public and the fan base line up almost entirely across this board. Uh, is a testament to what an awesome job that the the front office has done over the last five years, uh, and certainly the last the last twenty four months, especially they have crushed.
0: Yeah, it's been, I mean, excellent. the The widest gap here between fan base and public opinion is. Who, Brad, what do you want us
1: to say the... about the colors, man? They're blue. Yeah. Okay. It happened. The abs. The abs announced that they're you going with with different colors on the gloves and the pants and the helmets. We knew this already. So. Yeah.
0: It, I don't I don't see it as that big a deal. It's not like St. I, I want to see
1: jersey. it on the ice, you know. Like I want to see it on the ice before I really get too hyped up about it. Some of the mock-ups of the blue ones don't look very good. Some of the mock-ups that people have done with burgundy kits look a lot better. We'll see.
0: It's just I've never looked at a hockey player playing hockey and gone oh look at his pants it's like yeah it's just something that fades into the background
1: we're, like we're the we're the worst podcast for this
0: yeah definitely not the the color guys <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> when it comes to the accessories
1: it's it's just not it's not a we're, we're here we're here to talk x's and o's and like we're gonna talk about draft and develop we're not we're not here to get too deep into the jersey stuff it's just call it our blind spot i guess.
0: Yeah. As, as the entire internet let us know after yesterday's show.
1: <laughs> yeah, a bunch of a bunch of people's opinions apparently can be very, very wrong.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, I guess we can kind of just move through this list. I don't know how the Avs got a 4.9 from their fan base and somehow aren't number one in roster building, first of all. Yeah. I don't know who got the 5.0, but. Um, it, as AJ you were starting to get into over the last 24 mm-hmm. months the Crushed abs it. have not missed not a single move they've made has struggled at basically,
1: least uh, basically the, the big moves the, the, the big moves the moves that you can say have not gone well for them Uh, the Broussard at the trade deadline deal yep. didn't work out and Marco Dano being claimed on waivers, right, did not work out. That's those are those are the last things it. that they've done that really have not at the NHL level that have not gone well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Burakovsky, the Cadre move, signing uh, Donskoy,
1: I'm signing Donskoy, uh, Belmar, Belmar,
0: Nachushkin.
1: yeah, Nachushkin.
0: This offseason, everywhere. Well, first of all, Namesnikov at the deadline worked quite well in the the limited action that he saw. Um, this offseason, getting both Saad and Taves.
1: Yeah. Without you're touching talking, them. Right. Without touching the core. They no moved, first round
0: picks. Sadorov is the only roster player they moved out, which is something they'd been looking to do for a while.
1: Well, and then they immediately improved upon him when they got yep. Taves.
0: Yeah, so exactly. Like, well, so you're talking, it's not just that they've had a strong 24 months. It's that they've done a lot in that time yeah. frame.
1: Like, well, you remember before last off season, they didn't have a second line. Yep. Now they have an entire second line and uh, an envious top four on defense.
0: Yeah. They, they've filled out their roster about as good as, as is possible in the NHL with a, with a salary cap. So yeah, I, you could say, "Oh well, yeah, they didn't get Taylor Hall or whatever," but
1: definitely, it's fair. They try. I mean, it's kind of fair because they offered him six and a half million. From right, what I what I have it as is that they offered him six and a half million. I don't yeah. actually, I don't know if there's been a lot of talk about whatever number they gave him what out there, but I have it at six point five.
0: From so from what the digging that I've done on I it, don't maybe that was never enough to get him or whatever, but. <clears throat>
1: If he says no to six and a half million, so we can go sign eight million in Buffalo like, well, there you have it. We always say, you know, money, money talks, and we're gonna find out these guys' priorities. Taylor Hall didn't want it, that's fine.
0: Yeah, right. And and they move on, and after not getting Taylor Hall, well, presumably they knew they were out when they made the sod deal, but nothing official there. But they didn't get Hall, so they went and made themselves better on both offense and defense instead. That's that's a pretty darn good plan B. Um, So I I do truly believe the Avs uh, front office gets a ton of credit. Uh, Their cap management, obviously they're fine. We talked about that a ton this offseason where they put themselves in a position to be perfectly fine under the cap. Mm-hmm. They'll have questions to answer next season when it comes to re-signing Landy, maybe even this off-season still potentially, and then Makar's contract as well. But Grubauer, Yep.
1: Uh, Assad, both those guys are all free agents.
0: But they haven't put themselves in a situation where they need to send out money in mass.
1: Yeah. They, uh, I actually did it today um for something that I would, I would like to write at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be hard to bring Sod back, uh, but they could definitely get Makar, Landis and Grubauer if they want. Mm-hmm. And if they don't want Grubauer, they could probably get Sod, but then they'll have to find, you know, you'll, you'll need a goaltender somewhere. So it really just sort of depends. Um, They can easily get Landis Cog and Makar, and then they'll have enough room to make the decisions from there. Yep. And so they're still in a good position for the next year or so
0: at at the cap. Yep. And, And they're an organization that you can put a little bit of faith in at this point to do what they need to do to build this roster correctly. Um, On that note, we do need to take our second period break here as we are sponsored by DraftKings, the best sports betting app out there. Week 10 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for Week 11. There's no better place to get in on all the actions than with DraftKings Sportsbook. To add to the excitement of Week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now and download it because you don't want to miss this as all new users get the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when they sign up with code DNVR. They have tons of ways to bet. You can bet live on sports. You can bet on specific player prop bets, specific event prop bets, all sorts of amazing stuff on all sorts of crazy sports as well. Even if you don't want to bet on football, that's fine. You can still earn that thousand dollars because all you have to do is download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get up to that $1,000. Again, code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25X playthrough. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And... We are also sponsored by Chevalier Mortgage, who have been in the business for more than 15 years. Both Mike and Virginia are diehard Broncos fans and have lived here in Colorado for a very long time. So they're local and are big supporters of us here at DNVR as well. Can't recommend these guys enough. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. When you go there, you can sign up to win a free DNVR shirt or hat and also get set up for a free consultation as well. Again, dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia know that your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt. So they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for you. Again, visit dnvrmortgage.com to check them out. Be sure to sign up to try and win that free shirt or hat when you do. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So as we keep moving down this list, uh, this is probably the most interesting one. The draft and develop section is the one area where you see a pretty big difference in the public opinion versus the fan base's opinion. Now, right off the bat, us being part of Avalanche coverage, we uh, we both know they haven't developed a pick outside the first round in over a decade.
1: Can we, can we skip this one for now, since this will be the one that we talk the most about.
0: Sure, we can come back to it.
1: Yeah. I just bust through the these other, other ones, ones. The other ones are quick rundowns yep. where it's like trading, they've been nails. Like, yep. find a outside of the Brassard trade, which
0: we, we like, kind of wrapped that into the roster building already, honestly. Like, yeah,
1: it's really. And it, and if, if that's your big miss, you're doing fine.
0: Yep. The free agency one, look, it's a little bit interesting that they got ranked so high when they did literally nothing in free agency this year. I, that's they signed some minor league maybe tweener guys, but as far as everyday NHL roster players are concerned, the only thing they did was let a couple guys go to free agency. I,
1: I feel like public opinion did not rank them second in the NHL because of the AHL contract they gave to Mika Solomon. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's uh, you know? that's that definitely is not why. So
1: also says a lot about what public opinion thinks of free agency in general that the ABS are second at three point nine.
0: Yeah, you're you're raked at three point nine in second place, and you did nothing. So, is public opinion just never once with free agents, not even once?
1: Yeah, it, public opinion is <laughs> it's out on free agents. Just don't
0: do it. <laughs> vision,
1: um, vision is such a broad and strange category. Yeah, um, but I it's hard again. It's hard to argue with them being top of the top of the table on this one. They've they've been steadily building towards their vision over the last 4 years. Um I know that's driven some people crazy because some people are like you have to stop with all the fast guys. You need the big tough guys to stop them because they always run into the tough guys in the playoffs, right? I mean, like that's that's where the frustration I mean- has come in, but they have built to a very particular vision. They wanna they wanna think fast, they wanna play fast, and they're not too obsessed with size along the way. They've gone and gotten guys with some size, and they've gone and gotten some smaller guys with some sandpaper yep. to kind of mix and match the lineup. And slowly over time, they've built a really varied and effective lineup up and down.
0: They they understood what their core was and, and those accessory pieces are just that they're accessories that maybe don't necessarily fit the standard mold of an avalanche player, but they aren't trying to put a bunch of pieces that don't fit together in their core.
1: Right. It's uh, I always use this example because it's the great example. I think of the modern era of a team just losing its way, but Edmonton getting to the second round and then going out and immediately like making themselves significantly
0: worse by getting bigger. Yeah.
1: Right, like they wanted to get big tough guys
0: Yep. because they said,
1: I don't know why I'm apparently crying, um, they they said we need to compete in the Pacific Division. We can't just be all skill. We've got to go get bigger and tougher, and they did that, and they got worse and took a bunch of steps back.
0: Yep. I I don't have any argument there. The one thing I will say about Vision is it's a lot easier to see the Vision when they've already built most of it. If, if you look at the as a vision rank yeah. two years ago, I'm sure it was significantly lower despite them probably still having the same general idea for where the team was headed.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's some of this, some of this is luck too, because sure, we want to, Hey, we want to, we want to build around speed and skill. Oh, well we happen to have the fourth overall pick where Kale McCarr gets to us. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a perfect fit for that for, for speed and skill. Yeah, True. You know, like you're, you know, if you, if you, if they had gotten the fourth pick in 2018, you know, had uh, Ottawa given that pick to them, which Kachuk they could have. A
0: very different type of player. Yeah.
1: Pretty Kachuk is in speed and skill. Yeah. You know, like that's your, that's your grit and grind guy. Yeah. You know, that's, that's your, Hey, we're going to go and get the, the the toughness and skill that we need, but we're still looking for speed and skill on the back end now. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a little different, you know, vision, some of vision is luck as well, because you know you look at like Ottawa right now. Their vision is hoard all the draft picks and completely rebuild the entire organization from the ground up, and then see what sticks and go from there. Yep. But when they've had to make decisions, you know, Jake Sanderson—that's a decision. They they went with the skating and the and the and yeah. the uh the the size and the skating and the defense over. A potentially more dynamic offensive player, and a guy like Drysdale—that's right. a decision. But you can see, you can see the vision at play there for an organization. For the Abs, speed and skill—it's what they wanted, yep. and that's exactly what they built to at every turn.
0: And then you can see at the bottom there the the change in confidence is almost entirely positive. The slightest bit of of less in the public opinion there, but I mean that's a ton of. Ton of high confidence in this team to improve from being one goal away from the conference finals. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta like the sound of that. But,
1: yeah. I mean, they've yeah. been there, they were two goals away from the conference finals. Now they're, they were one goal away. What's next? Yep. Now it's time to get there. But draft and develop. We got to go back yep. to that. Circling back
0: to the, the, the topic at hand. One. Uh, fan base rating them 14th at a 4.0 public opinion, rating them as high as 4.4 second best in the league from look, from a public opinion standpoint, you see Kale McCarr, you see even dating back to Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog, they knock their Michael high Rantanen. end picks. Yeah. ranting as well. It, even Tyson Joseph is an NHL hockey player. Look, you yeah. can, you can say what you want about him. He's an NHLer. They get their first round picks right. The only one they've missed in in recent history is Connor Bleakley. So,
1: <clears throat> yeah, um, that was twenty fourteen,
0: and even and, that was
1: a pick in the twenties. Like not right, you're talking you're talking in the entire decade. Right now, their misses were twenty ten with Joey Hishon. Yep. Uh, twenty eleven with Duncan Siemens. They didn't have one in 2012, so I guess, you know, it's a, a take a that however vibe. you want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and then because that was the Philip Forsberg pick. Yeah. And 2014 went Connor Bleakley. So they yep. had a rough stretch there where all their misses happened in that little. But since then, you know, and, and it obviously it's still too early. We don't know what Martin Cout is. Yep. Um, We don't know. We don't know about Byron and New Hook. Uh, but- and we don't know about Justin Bear.
0: The thing is, it is too early, but all the signs on almost all of those guys are pointing to positive, right? Like, Couch's right, going to be like, pushing for an NHL job. So is Byram. And so and is Newhook.
1: New Newhook has vaulted himself from, if they did a redraft, he would go from the 16th pick yeah, to, like,
0: 7th or something. I would <laughs> like, say pushing
1: top five. Yeah. So you're, you're feeling very, very good about all those guys with Justin Barron as the only true wait and see. Yeah. The first round picks, and and the one thing that annoys me about um, this conversation is that it gets taken for granted that the ads got the first rounders right. Yep. That they got all their high picks right, because there are franchises out there who have have been drafting at the top and haven't gotten them correct.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: You know, you look at some of the franchises that uh, that got them that got the picks right. They don't tend to go back. You look at the 2013 draft as a great example of that. Who drafted in that top four? Colorado won; Colorado, they got it right, but Florida. they screwed up for a bunch of times, and it took yep. some time. Florida they got it right, but they haven't been able to they haven't been able to build around. And then you look at that after that. Tampa Bay gets it kind of wrong,
0: they got and still manages the to come of out like yeah.
1: Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay could have had Victor Hedman and Seth Jones. They wouldn't have had to trade for Ryan McDonough. They could have had Victor Hedman and Seth Jones, and they survived that. Nashville got Seth Jones and and then traded him away and survived that. Yep. Like the drafting the the drafting for the Avs is in the top ten. It, it shouldn't be just dismissed as oh well. They got their top ten picks right. Like I'm sorry but those are the most important picks to get correct. Those are the ones that 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 make or break you as a franchise.
0: Yeah, I mean, you brought up Nashville. They survived, but since Seth Jones their best first round pick, I mean, excluding the ones that it's too early to tell about, their best first round pick is Kevin Fiala.
1: Who's just had a career year in Minnesota
0: no longer with them and, and a career year is, yeah, he's a solid player, but you drafted this guy 11th overall, and he's a little over half a point per game as a forward. He's,
1: he's Burakovsky. Yeah, sure. In terms of like that kind of impact a meaningful top six player, but he can't be your best player.
0: And that's their best first round pick. Is what I'm saying. Whereas, comparatively, the Avs' best first-round picks are just miles ahead of that.
1: They're bangers, man. Yep. And you you want to? It's it's not even like looking at the Nashvilles. Uh, it's it's the how are they doing against other top ten teams? Yeah. How are they? Are they walking out of there with some of the best players in those draft classes because they have among the best picks? 2015 is an all-time great draft class. Miko Rantanen on a 2015 redraft would not go significantly higher than 10, if only because there's not a lot of room for him to move up. But that draft class is amazing. Yep. It would be. It's going to be hard for Rantanen to take a huge leap. I'm not sure he would go top five in a redraft. But that's that's because of the class, not Miko.
0: I mean, you know, sure. whereas
1: McKinnon on a yeah. redraft, he goes number one easily. Yep. On, no on, a on a 2011 redraft, Landeskog goes top five somewhere.
0: I you could probably so, still make a case for him in the top three, even.
1: Yeah, I mean, like that's like Kucherov, Shifley, Dougie. You know, yep. like there are some guys who have had really good careers in that class. Sure, but the point is, is that the point I'm making here is that the Avs top ten, the abs hits that they've had in the first round shouldn't just get dismissed because they, oh, they were top 10 picks. I'm sorry. Buffalo has been picking in the top 10 for a decade and they haven't done well. Yep. So you can't, you can't, there are guys that miss in the top 10 every single year and their worst miss at, in the top 10 at this point is Tyson Jost.
0: Yeah. On their current who is, team.
1: Who is a, bottom tier at the moment, a bottom tier NHL player with 200 games played at age 22. So yep. like, if that's, if that's as bad as it's going to get for you, you're doing okay. Whereas, you know, there are teams out there that are struggling. Michael Rasmussen for Detroit. What's that? was drafted yep. eighth overall.
0: Yeah. I mean, even you even talk about like a Tyson Jost in a redraft, Of that draft class, he still goes in the first round. Probably not at 10, but...
1: He probably still goes top 15 at this point. Yeah. Because that's it's proven itself to not be a very good class, not be a very deep class. There's not a lot of talent coming out of that class. So you say, oh, well, they missed on it because they did pass on a guy like Charlie McAvoy. Sure. Those guys would go ahead of him, but there's just not that many of them. Yep. So it's... You know, the, the thing is, and the thing that the conversation always gets centered on, okay, well, the second rounders and beyond, they haven't gotten a second round pick and beyond to turn into an NHL player. It's true. Like there's just no getting around it. It's a little disingenuous because JT Comfer was a second round pick who did his entire development with the Avs. Like he got picked by Buffalo And then traded a year later when he was still in college. He gets traded to Colorado. Gets signed by the Avs. Goes through the AHL system with the Avs. And becomes an NHL regular with the Avs. We just ignore that because he didn't get selected by the Avalanche in the second round. But that's a second round pick that they turned into an NHL player. They turned Ryan Graves into an NHL player too. That one... Because of because of Graves's age, it's hard to give them too much of a development win. Yeah, but uh, they got an NHL player out of out of a guy that the uh, another organization completely gave up on. You know, so, they got an NHL player out of Alexander Kerfoot, who was a who was a college free agent, basically offset the loss of Will Butcher, and was a college free agent. Got used in the cat in the Cadre deal became a meaningful trade piece for them undrafted Logan O'Connor turns into is, is in the process of turning into some caliber of an NHL player for them un, 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 totally undrafted went to camp and signed with them same thing that happened with Ty Lewis except Ty Lewis is not going to turn into an NHL player Logan O'Connor is big whiff on my part big hit on the abs part even, even if Logan O'Connor gets absolutely no better, still a big victory for them. Yep. But I... didn't cost him anything other than, a, a, I think it was a two-year <laughs> ELC for O'Connor. And they're going to get... He's, he's going to...
0: He's already provided significant value and, and is primed to provide significantly more.
1: Yeah, is, is primed to be, in, at the very least... Uh, a depth like scratch healthy scratch rotation forward yep. rotation guy for them if not if not a lineup regular in a year or two when free agency is going to clean out some of the bottom six
0: for Colorado so you're yes, talking just like, posted his all points go check it out
1: you 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 know tonan O is wasn't really like a big win he was kind of like a borderline he's like a borderline NHL guy. He was sort of iffy in Colorado. He was iffy in Florida. Now Winnipeg's giving him a look. If you want to put him there, that's fine. Like they've Kerfoot and Toninato were much better college free agent signings. Kerfoot is one of the best uh, college free agents of the last like ten years. Yep. You know, uh, outside of outside of Kevin Hayes, he I think he might be second or third best.
0: Well, and I think. The Kerfoot signing is a very special case in which he was hitting college free agency, and the Av said we have all the room in the world to give you right. all the playing time. Yeah. So it's kind of a specific case with him. But
1: right, and if you don't like, if you don't want to include them, that's fine. But uh, some of the development stuff, like there are real problems there, and I don't want it to make it sound like it's all burgundy tinted glasses and it's all the Avs are great. Because we've talked on the show a ton about the issues that they've had with development and transitioning players from you know from their junior league or the NCA or whatever into a meaningful AHL role and then into a meaningful NHL player. They've had they've had problems with it. They just have. But at the same time, they've had wins across the board. You know, Pablo Francois isn't a draft and development win, but it's a scouting win which is kind of the same, you know, a lot of the same guys doing the same
0: thing. So, I mean, I guess my question is, what's the disconnect there? The Avs have proven to have effective scouting when it comes to acquiring these older free agents and these trade acquisition prospects, even. But when it comes to the drafting scenario, uh, it's at the point where they've failed to successfully convert any of their late round picks for long enough that you can't just chalk it up to bad luck anymore yes most late round picks are not going to make it but you should be getting one second third fourth round pick every couple years
1: yeah none for an entire decade is bad yeah and like we thought bigraw was going to get there the concussion kind of kind of derailed him yep they turned him into ryan graves and it's like okay great the one thing that you can take away from the ads with these guys that I'm talking about, Graves and O'Connor, um Comfer, they still get full credit for. You can't you can't twist yourself into any kind of a pretzel and take away that 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 credit for them. They did all the work there. But those guys were older and could prove that they can they they'd already proven, hey, they can play. Yeah. And there there isn't really a lot of like development that has to go into work with a guy like a Graves uh, or even an O'Connor where it's like they just sort of show up and, okay, hey, they prove themselves and they win jobs. You know, Kerfoot, same thing. There there isn't any, like, development going on there. You know, the Avs didn't play a major role in their development. They, they were older guys who showed up and could play. So if you want to ding them for that, that's fair. But I do think that it gets overlooked that they don't get the credit for that, that kind of stuff, you know, where they've gotten successful NHL transitions out of other means that other organizations are struggling to get as a way of making up the ground that they're not, they're losing because they can't transition these picks. You say, what's the disconnect? The disconnect is... Just the development of guys who are not overwhelming talents or guys who are not already too good for a level, you know, Bocage, We when you and I were talking, when we did our prospect list and we said they have to get NHL players out of the cycle, it's because they have too much talent. They yep. just, they have too many good young prospects that if they get a if they get a zero out of their non first round picks between, just the third rounders alone Eustace Annen and Jean-luc Foodie and and sampo Ranta uh if and you
0: there yeah
1: if you get if you get zero guys just out of those third rounders you failed yep you failed like it it's just that they did too good too good of a job on draft day for once because not getting an NHL player out of Josh Anderson or Matt Steinberg That's predictable. We could have seen that coming on draft day. We did see it coming on draft day, which is why those picks were panned. Yep, We didn't like those picks for a reason. Those guys were predictable baddies. So I would say a good hit ratio for post first rounders. I would say you want, you know, we've always kind of said, if you get two NHL players out of a draft class, you've had a great, you've had a great class.
0: Correct. If, you should reasonably be doing that every, like, I would say th- on the safe side every three years.
1: I would, see, I was going to say three or four years is where I would go where you need to be producing one and not like, not like a low end replacement get level. 70 guy. games
0: out of a guy doesn't count. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: I mean, I'm talking a uh, legitimate
0: NHL yeah, it
1: legitimate a guy that's going to get two or three contracts,
0: an impact player.
1: Yeah. Somebody that is somebody that's in your top four, your top nine, or is a on a deep defense is a stable third pairing guy. Yep. Like a real, a meaningful player for you. Uh at the low end of it, like a Graves guy. You yeah. know, grave Graves, or you know, if they you know Calvert or Nieto-esque.
0: Bottom six sure or in terms
1: of forward. A guy
0: you're not afraid to play. <laughs>
1: Yeah, a guy, a guy that you don't need to be afraid to play. I'm a guy right. that you're not worried about it. You're saying, hey, we understand his downsides, but this is he does all these other things, and it's it's fine. You're yep. you roll the dice with that guy. You're comfortable playing that guy every night. So that's that's their that's that's why I think the fan base got it right. There I don't think that the abs are bottom of the barrel in draft and development. I know that there are people out there who would say that they're bottom five. I think that's crazy. That's batshit crazy in my opinion. Um, because you, okay. it's just, it, it ignores all of the success that they've had. Uh,
0: their first round you, alone carries them
1: quite well. A bit, and it's, it's but. like, look, how much credit do you give them for talents like McKinnon and McCarr, right? You don't, you don't want to be like, oh my God, look at, they've developed these guys into world class. Also, like they are top five picks, bro. Like they but should they, be getting pretty good freaking players out of them. They guys.
0: got them right, though. And this is draft, right? Draft and develop it's both if it's just developed do they get knocked a little bit more i think so but you've already brought up the good points of, of the players they've traded for and developed
1: um yeah you know the Nikita key the was a guy that they developed too you know yep. it, did he hit his ceiling no but that's a functional meaningful nhl player that's a long time nhl player like uh, he's gonna be in the league for for a long time that's the uh, that's a development win for them. It's another first round guy. When they get a they get an NHL player out of Shane Bowers, well, we'll see.
0: And you can't get an NHL player out of that guy, though. I swear. Yeah, that dude is the most polished prospect ever.
1: <laughs> like you understand the downside, but I mean, come on, man. Yeah. With his with his size and his speed and his smarts. At the absolute worst, you should Just you drop a man on
0: the fourth line, and it should be easy. Yeah,
1: he should have a Brian Boyle-esque career. At very worst,
0: yep. It's it, the other side of this conversation, which I think is interesting. And i I don't even. I'm sure some people did ding them for this, but I'm not even sure it's worth dinging them for. It might even be a positive. Is the Avs seem to understand they struggle to get mid round picks? to the nhl so what do they do they went out and got value for them by trading them for guys like burakovsky and taves
1: yeah i mean the second round has been their real bugaboo yeah because we talk about the third round and all the talent that they're that they're loading up on for whatever reason they they just they appear more comfortable drafting in the third round their second round pick. How differently do we feel about that if your boo doesn't get snaked by St. Louis yeah. two years so ago? So
0: much better if it's Alexandrov over over Steinberg. over Steinberg. Yeah, that. And honestly,
1: that's add one more guy to that to that uh, to that list there to
0: get NHLers out of. Yep.
1: One. I would say one area where they're not getting a ton of credit: the fifth round. Adam yeah. Werner. Looking good. They got like 70 games out of Anton Lindholm and then turned him into Dennis Gilbert. It yep. was a third rounder.
0: I, I mean, even, even going up the list, you still have Danny Z over in, in Russia. They got yep. Sasha Mutala last year in the fifth round. They,
1: this year they get Ryder Ralston. Like, yep. there's, there's some talent there. It feels like rounds two and four, they're lost. Yep. But rounds one, three, and five, they're very comfortable, which is really weird because even your abs draft classes are the disasters.
0: It's just something about odd numbers that they, they put it together with, I guess.
1: Yeah, Kovalenko is a fourth.
0: He was No, he was a I sixth. Sixth, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the sixth and the seventh is like...
0: That's crapshoot honest. territory for yeah, everyone. I mean, like I mean,
1: yeah. you're getting into, if you get one player in a decade, I'm thrilled. Yep. That that Nick Leverman is starting to get frisky at Notre Dame is exciting because it's like a seventh rounder might do something.
0: You're you're just buying lottery tickets at that point. When when sixth and seventh round picks earn contracts, you're happy for him. Like even Travis even Barron feels over. like a victory yeah, exactly
1: because <laughs> Travis Barron earned an ELC, and you were like. Cool. him in the AHL. I, to be honest, Travis Barron I think is an interesting guy because he's the kind of guy that I would give an NHL look to, to do the Logan O'Connor job. Yeah, sure. Like the skill level is obviously never going to be there. That's that's fine, but as a high energy, know your role, go out and hit people, stand in front of the net and try and tip a puck or whatever. I don't understand why those guys aren't higher on the totem pole for call ups. It feels like that guy is ten million miles away from the NHL, and, and he should be one Matt Calvert injury away. And I think I would that's, take that over TJ. Tyon, yeah,
0: right? exactly. That's and the Jason problem Megan. I think a lot of the fan base has is they're tired of and and it's nothing against the guys. These guys are vet, sure. veteran AHLers are great at what they do and and deserve to be NHL tweeners most of the time. But and you
1: may not be able to sign them without. Offering them these opportunities. Right,
0: exactly. But at a certain point, you have to look at moving your younger developing or developed role players into those opportunities because we've seen it. TJ Tynan, you put him in a role, role playing role in the NHL, and it's just not effective. He can't be the guy he is in the AHL where he's all over the ice and scoring a ton of points.
1: Yeah, and he's your he's your classic quadruple A player. Yeah. He was a very 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 good AHL player, arguably too good for that league, but just not not skilled enough for the NHL, and does not have the skill set to be a role player in the NHL. Yeah. Which is why it's like okay, instead of trying to shoehorn these quadruple A guys, the agazinos of the world, into role player into into role player roles in the NHL. Pull your role players from the AHL. Yep, and go go let them do the job that they're most comfortable with. You know, give Nick Henry that shot. Give Travis Barron that shot. You know, before he goes back to Russia, give Igor that shot. Like and, let let some of those guys have those opportunities. They were so comfortable giving Kamenev every chance imaginable when guys yeah. got hurt, and it's like just let. One of these other guys have a look when things aren't working.
0: Well, and, and I think this is, again, where the, the scouting staff deserves some credit. They have gone out and targeted guys like Cout, guys like uh, Bowers that are versatile enough that, yeah, you're, you're hoping there's some upside there, that they're more than a fourth liner in the NHL. But even with their skill, they're perfectly capable of fitting into a role-playing role in the NHL as well. Yeah so I think it's a tough conversation that that there's a lot of positives and there's a lot of negatives that uh, again I'll, I'll bring this back up I think it probably falls somewhere between these two uh, with public opinion having them far too high and and fan base maybe being a little bit too hard on them
1: well and even even the fan base being hard on them they're they're still in the upper half of the league yeah true you know they're they're at 14 where it's like you got your first rounders right you occasionally get another guy right okay great but their their other top 100 picks are getting lit on fire on a regular basis that's the problem you know they, it's funny because we could we could look at this two years from now we could be looking at this to completely differently you know uh, B- a bocage and motala uh and Ann and then uh, even an adam warner these guys all become nhl regulars or whatever and you're you're feeling like, okay, well, the well, 2017 was the end of it,
0: and and I guess that's kind of the point I wanted to make is is just like we were talking about four years ago. Bocage is a top three prospect or whatever in in the system. Yeah. So we have not yet seen the fruits of the labor, but I think it's pretty clear that the acquisition of prospects has gotten significantly better over the past five years.
1: Yeah, I think that uh I think this is that's where that's where the vision comes into it. Yeah. Uh because they they've identified certain traits that they want. And this was really the first year, this year's draft class, where I felt like they went all in super duper hard yep. on that identity specifically. They always have gotten cute with the Josh Anderson pick or the Matt Steinberg pick. But this year they said we're not getting cute with any of this. We only have five picks. We're gonna take our classic college guy that's really small that maybe he works out. You know, Tyler Weiss, Colby Ambrosio. You know, then then they go with the you know the the great skaters all across the board. Yep. With with Ralston uh and foodie.
0: Even Amon is a decent skater for what he is, but yeah. It it does feel like
1: it's not good. It's, it's not good.
0: They're drafting skating. to an identity. the yeah, Bocage's Bocage's skating is seriously concerning, but it's it's
1: bad. Yeah, it's gonna need work.
0: But that's look, you're drafting a third rounder, they're gonna have problems. It's just reality.
1: Yeah. That's the problem. You you drafted an NHL shot and you're just trying to get if you can get average skating out of it, then you're gonna have a chance to have a Jamie McGinn type player.
0: Yep. Like, I think that's the perfect comparable just let him be that goal scorer on a third line type of guy. Um, yeah. Anyway, Maybe I, he, like that's
1: your, that's, you know, all goes well for bocage He's he, you're looking at him as like a, a sixth yeah. forward in your top six.
0: It could give you like 20 ish goals a year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Where he goes, he goes like 20 and 15. Yep. And that's like, you know, he's, he's the guy that you're setting up shop for on your second. PP2, yep.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we're over the hour mark, so I, I guess we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap things up today. But all all of that to essentially say, look, the Avs are believed to be the best team in the league by metrics based on fan bases and public opinion.
1: Hey, you know the front office is the front office is absolutely earned the, the the kudos that they've been given uh, yep. over the last little while here. They they've crushed it. They're they're earning of the price,
0: yeah, one hundred percent. The price. So, I look. Things are things are great now. It's we have at least probably two more months of off season to go, uh, but at this point for the abs roster, to, uh, it's time to show up and do it.
1: Do we want to start taking our fantasy or our franchise draft thing seriously? Start yeah, loading sure. up on GMs
0: sure send us uh send us your emails
1: yeah i got one dm from somebody about Uh, a week ago i'm I'm
0: assuming i got the same dm yes (laughs) yeah from jesse yep yeah uh i think uh correct correct and luke just hit me up today to to get in on it so
1: so we need uh 31 gms
0: do we want to do 31 or 32 for seattle i
1: Do 31 we've got 31 teams that's
0: true we We we
1: should do a franchise (laughs) we should do like a fantasy thing and then we should also do an expansion draft
0: yeah we'll definitely do an expansion draft at some point but send us your emails uh or at least send us an email showing you're interested in this at info at the dnvr.com or you can always dm me uh if you're a subscriber dm me on discord that is the most likely place you'll be able to get a hold of me.
1: Yeah, that is the best place to get a hold of us. P.S. Um, we're both part of the lounge. Uh, pretty, we're pretty active uh, on Discord, and we're very easy to track down. Yep. The Twitter, Twitter DMs, Discord DMs, things like that. Um, honestly, I I have my email address in uh, in my Twitter bio. So, aj at the dnvr.com. Um, start, start filling up, uh, we'll start filling up spots for the
0: GMs. Yep. We get 31 of you. We'll do it and have to set things up for that. So it'll probably be a week or two at least before we actually get it all set up and and get a time where everyone can do it. But it was a lot of fun last year and, and hopefully should be, uh, even better this year. Um, on that note, we do have to get out of here. Uh, Green Mountain dental group is another one of our sponsors. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. They reach out and let us know how great their experience was and thank us for leading them to such a wonderful practice. There's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners. So please, if you go, tell us about your experience if you've made the switch. If you don't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood, just 15 minutes from downtown and they're the best family-owned dentist in the metro area as well as Extreme Color. Colorado sports fans just like us. And as a bonus, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, you'll get a free sauna care toothbrush. So head on over to green mountain dental group today. That is it for today's show. Uh, We'll be back for the rest of the week as well. Hopefully, you know, right now we're just kind of like you guys sitting around waiting for the NHL to announce something about next season so we can start our plans. But uh,
1: yeah, I'm, To be honest, I am badly struggling to come up with content to write every day because uh, rumor mongering and throwing nonsensical crap at you isn't really my style. Um, So if you guys have anything that you're particularly wanting, I can't really do film breakdowns right now because of my current setup, but if there's anything that anybody's dying to read, I am all, I'm, I'm open to all ideas.
0: There you go. Send AJ what you want to read. If you don't have anything you want to read, be sure to check out my player reviews. Martin Kautz is coming out in the morning tomorrow. So be sure to jump on that and let me tell you why he should be in the starting lineup on opening night, even though he won't be. Uh, All right, (laughs) we are out of here. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll talk to y'all tomorrow.